Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing. Dot com or deck roofing incorporated i should say it's jesus you think i've never done this before um, have you done this before I, I it's weird there's times i i i mean we took a week off because i had a sinus infection which uh i guess to get overly grotesque but you know you get you get drainage and it affects your throat so i literally i couldn't talk for like three days and then when I did get it back, I, I sounded like Don Corleone mixed with like a, a, a pubescent teenager, you know. So I, I'm like, there's no way I can go and do the show right now. Um, uh, I, I are you? Do you remember the Brady Bunch? Uh, vaguely, vaguely. Well, there there was an episode where uh, they they formed like a little singing group, you know, to to buy mom and dad an anniversary gift or something. And Peter starts to go through puberty. And so his singing voice gets all messed up. And that's what I felt like. I, I, I did just, it just kind of felt like that, but uh, yeah, believe me, you're not missing anything. We didn't see that one. Wow. Um, anyway, welcome back everybody. And uh, as you can see, Ian's joining me and uh, Ben is a world traveler right now. He is, uh, we, we think he has arrived in Arizona. We're not hundred percent sure, but um, we're hoping he can jump on here uh, in a little while and, and give us his thoughts on um, the Seattle game and, and what's gone on through the bye week and um, as we get ready for Cleveland. And um, I, I know one other thing we were talking just before we came on here the, the about what to talk about and, and the idea, a lot of people are calling this a must-win game. And I, I, don't, I don't know that it is. Um, I, I get why yeah. people are saying that, but um, they could lose. They could be three and four, but then they could beat Chicago and Detroit and be five and four. Um, you know, and, and Cleveland hasn't played Baltimore yet. Um, and we obviously know Cincinnati's at the top of the division. That's a whole other topic. Yeah. How about that? Who's unbelievable, man. I, uh, I I mean, I think we all knew Burrow had it in him that he was going to be a really, really good quarterback. We just didn't know if they would have enough to protect him. Um, but we'll, and and their defense has come along a lot faster than I thought they would too. I mean, that's, yeah, they've been impressive, especially how they were able to slow Baltimore down. I mean, you don't, you don't stop Baltimore. Nobody stops Baltimore, but they were able to slow them down a bit. Well, speed and you said it faster, you know, they've gotten faster. Um, they're much better on their edges now than, than I think they've been in at least my memory, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that stuff and, uh, and a whole lot more, but, uh, glad to be back with everybody and we hope everybody's well out there in podcast land. Um, you know, before we go back to the Seattle game, let's kind of go to the, um, elephant in the room, if you will. And, And of course the last week has been a lot about Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, and this all started with a former Steelers executive, uh, a guy named Doug Whaley, who uh, he was a scout with the Steelers and then went on to, I think he was GM in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, and he's he's trying to work his way into sports media. And uh, so he, he's got a weekly appearance on one of the Pittsburgh radio stations now. And he's the one that first mentioned this Tomlin to LSU or, or USC thing. Ryan Clark took it a little further and of course uh Carson Palmer on the Dan Patrick show also mentioned it and so Ian did it have to be asked at the presser on Tuesday I mean Tim Benz is the one that that did it from the trib and and he I've seen people ripping him for it I've seen people praising him for it did he have to ask the question about these rumors 
did he have to no but they would have persisted if he didn't so i mean i generally don't like tim benz but i think he was just doing his job in this case and it was something that was out there and i don't have a problem with him asking the question and i don't have a problem with the way mike tomlin responded to it i think mike tomlin was rightfully angry that you know rumors like that were out there and Tomlin didn't deny that he'd heard the rumors. He, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he knew they were out there. He, he was more insulted by the fact that they were out there. And then it was something that rose to the level of people needing to ask him about Um, that, you know, he's the coach of the effing Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, you know, he has, like he said, one of the best jobs in sports and one of the most stable franchises, the Steelers do not fire head coaches and you know they stick with through guys bill cower had three straight losing seasons bill cower couldn't win the big game and they stuck with cower and you know it paid off in the end and tomlin's had you know similar success to what cower had Mm -hmm. just kind of flipped right cower won his super bowl at the end tomlin won it at the beginning right and uh but you know if you stack up their 15 years against each other the numbers are pretty similar um you know and to i don't ever remember rumors about cower you know going to coach college um you know after cower left the steelers there were lots of rumors about him going to carolina or jets or wherever it was yeah but uh you know those those never really materialized into anything so no i mean i thought it was it was handled fine from the media side and i thought tomlin gave a, a response you know that pretty much put it all to bed and we never need to talk about it again um although i was a little bit disappointed because I would have liked to see our buddy Craig's reaction, who's a big USC fan uh, and not a Tomlin fan, you know, whether he would have had a bigger conniption if Tomlin would have remained the coach of the Steelers or gone to coach USC. So, you know, yeah. And, and I, admitted, Craig. yeah. I, and I admitted <laughs> I that I watches. dropped, I did. I dropped the ball on that. I, I should have uh, uh, badgered him a little bit um, with regards to that. And, uh, you know, look, I, I agree with what you said, Ian. Tomlin, I, I mean, and, and this is how stupid it gets. People were actually criticizing the way he responded. It's like, what if the guy would have said one sentence and left it alone, people would have said, well, he didn't do enough. But instead they're saying, well, he, he hammered home the point too much. He, he, he should have just stopped. He could have stopped three or four times. You know, and then you had somebody mention, well, Chuck Noll would have just gotten up and walked away from that question. That's pretty it's much like, what he did. He was like, he's like, never. And then he's like, you know, is anyone asking Andy Reid these questions? Is anyone asking Sean Payton these yeah. questions? Like, yeah. And then he pretty much walked out and left. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I think his, he had made a good point there. And, and I'm not saying that Andy Reid or Sean Payton haven't been suggested for other jobs earlier in their careers, because I, because I think they have been. But at this stage of the game, Nobody is asking those guys. And and Tomlin's been where he's been just as long, you know, give or take. So I I, I, I think. And objectively, there's absolutely no reason that any NFL head coach would want to go coach in college and run around the country chasing 17 and 18 year old recruits to try and make them happy. And then not only to get them on your team, but now with the whole transfer transfer oh. portal thing, you got to keep them happy and keep yeah. them on your team. And you got to deal with boosters and parents. And there's so much, there's roster turnover every year. In the NFL, Huge. you you have a more or less stable roster if you're a good mm-hmm. team, right? The, mm-hmm. the core stays the same. Whereas in college, 
at most you get a guy for two to three years, you know, and then you got to replace them and replace them and replace them. It's like, there's some guys that are made to be college head coaches and do a a pretty darn good job of it. That Mm -hmm. would not succeed in the NFL environment. And we've seen that happen. Um, But there's other guys, like if you have a stable NFL job, there's no way you want to go coach college. I don't care how much money they offer you. And, you know, uh, Ryan Clark's comment, I think, what which he did kind of clarify was yeah. you know that he said if there's any interest lsu should just throw the boat at him and offer him whatever he wants it, he didn't say that tomlin was interested but he just said right. he he phrased it as a hypothetical which kind of stokes the fires a little bit because that's what ryan clark does ryan clark's yep. always been all about ryan clark um and love you ryan but it's true <laughs> yeah um but but i think you know you look at the the top college coaches right now i think there's only five or six that are making north of eight million dollars a year Mm -hmm. which is about what tomlin's making now as the coach of the steelers and he doesn't have to travel around the country and chase 18 year olds you know to try and make them happy so no no meatloaf with mom and dad right uh you you know and and look do i think mike tomlin would be a good college coach absolutely i i think we would be uh we would be great better off as a society if a Mike Tomlin were coaching more college kids. I, I think he'd be great with them. But I agree with what you're saying. That that lifestyle is brutal. Yeah. Um you see what it does to some of these guys. It just it's a it, it's a meat grinder and and uh very few of them can hang in there as long as they have. And when you look at you know the Sabins of the world and, and so forth, they've put in blood, sweat and tears to be able to get things to where they trust people to help do some things that that a head coach has to do, and, and so they can delegate. Yeah, you know, Mike Tomlin has to be one of the happiest people in terms of coaching. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Um, yeah, and and you know, and I think he looks at what could be coming as a challenge, and I think he embraces that. Uh, you know, he, he the fact that he could be looking at a brand new quarterback next year, he could be working with a brand new general manager as soon as next year. Um, and, and I think he's the type that would rather face it than run from it. Now, for all I know, who knows, maybe he does leave after next this year. Who knows? But I, I don't see it happening. I, he it's, just doesn't strike. It's me hard to believe. And, and maybe it's just because of how old I am. Like Bill yeah. Cower became the head coach when I was six years old. Right. And yeah. he, it seemed like Bill Cower was the coach forever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like Tomlin's been around that long, but they were both here 15 years. It's the it's same crazy. amount of time. Yeah. But it, maybe it's just because of like, you know, Tomlin became head coach when I was, um, you know, finishing up college. And mm-hmm. so like, he's been the head coach for most of my adult life. Whereas I went through a large developmental stage and learned a lot about football sure. during the Bill Cowher era. Those were sure. my formative years. Um, so it just seemed like he was the coach forever. Um, but do, yeah. do you, do you think that feeling would have changed if, if Cowher would have coached during the age of, of the internet and social media? You know, oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, he I mean, obviously chat boards and stuff were a thing during the Cower years, but social media didn't exist really. No, no. You know, and and, and yeah. Cower got ripped all the time in the oh. regular printed newspaper of like yeah. Cower can't win the big one. Up oh, there's another big game that Cower loses. You know, that was yep. his MO was that he couldn't win the big one all yeah. the time. Yep. And until until he actually won that Super Bowl, it was always Bill Cower couldn't win the big one. He was what one in six in AFC championship games before 2005. <laughs> yeah, um, lost so, every one he had at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the one exception. Yeah. yeah. The one exception. Yeah. That was a, fan, yeah. a game against the Colts, man. Hey, hey, who was the Colts uh, quarterback in that game? 
That was Mr. Khaki. That was Jim Harbaugh, who yeah. uh, he's got his hands full this what's, weekend up what's there. What's he doing Lansing. now? Uh, well, hopefully he's about ready to lose to Michigan State so we can actually get a real coach in there that knows how to throw the damn football. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I do you think do you think this has distracted the Steelers at all from preparations for Cleveland? No, not at all. I don't either. No. I, I think it's a distraction to people who want to make it a distraction, yeah. but I don't think it's bothered them one bit. Um, you know, Eric Ebron spoke on Monday. He had some real interesting comments about himself, uh, a lot of praise for Pat Fryermuth. Um, uh, Joe Hayden spoke yesterday and uh, just talked about his overall love uh, of Mike Tomlin. Um, and I thought he, I don't know if you saw the line he had, he was talking to James Pierre. He said, man, I'm talking to James Pierre on the sideline at practice. Yeah. And Pierre looks over at me and says, I can't believe I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know? And, and I think that's, there's not many franchises in pro sports where people do that. Yeah. You know, where they, where they look around and realize that they are in a franchise that is as wonderful as this one. Uh, yeah. I think if it did, I think if the whole, if anything comes out of it, the mm -hmm. Tomlin's response about like never fired up the team more, like it was more yeah. of a motivator than a distraction. Um, that and I, agree, I agree with you too, that I was even thinking about like, you know, some of the guys that have wanted out of here and have left, like mm -hmm. let's say Mike Wallace, right. He wanted out of here in the worst way. And now, you know, Anytime he's talking on Twitter, which isn't that much, but he still talks about like, oh, how great Pittsburgh was, oh, he how does. much he loved it here, and you know, I, and I mean, he went to Miami and Minnesota and Baltimore, and was he in Philly too? I think so. I mean, he he ran the gamut of a couple other places. Yeah. Um. But you know, all the the guys who leave aren't always the happiest dudes. No, and and I think it's a great point. I think it speaks to to Tomlin, and I and I know where this goes with a lot of fans. Players that like a coach too much like that, I don't trust it, you know, because then the coach doesn't have discipline over them. Blah 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 blah. I I don't buy that. I I think these guys truly. I mean, you're talking about guys like Brett Kiesel, um, Casey Hampton, um. Uh, Chris Hoke. I've heard these guys in recent months talk about their love of Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're not going to get that from former players just for the hell of it. I mean, these guys don't have anything to gain. They don't have anything to lose. They're retired right. players. Um, so I, I, I don't buy that whole, well, if he's a player's coach, then he's not the kind of coach you need. And I, I think that just gets blown out of proportion at times, uh, big time. Yeah, and I think some of it too is that, at least from what I can tell, some of Tomlin's management style is to treat his players like grownups rather than like children. Yeah. And, you know, that he he knows his players are professional football players. He expects them to act like it, but he also gives them the freedom to be like, mm -hmm. hey, you're a grown man who can make your own decisions. If you make bad decisions, I'm here to help you. And, you know, I want to steer you back on the right path, but like, I'm not going to, you know, be so strict like, you know, some of the, like Tom Coughlin, for instance. Yeah. Right. He won two Super Bowls with the Giants, but like everybody hated him. Even yeah. in Jacksonville, everybody hated yeah. him. Um, and, you know, he didn't do crap in Jacksonville either as a coach or as a general manager no. there. And, you know, it was, it, it's just, you know, but I think that's the thing where if you impose such strict, rigid discipline on people, you don't let people be people. Like, look at 
look at Tom Brady. Who knew that Tom Brady had this kind of personality after getting it's out a good of New point. England? That's a really like, good point. You know, look how much I, I, I hate Tom Brady objectively just because of everything he's done to us over the I years. I know what but you're like, saying. He's pretty damn funny. Like yes. he these videos on Twitter and, you know, he, he's out there like tweeting at people and making photoshops. I'm like, damn, this dude's hilarious. Like yeah. if I didn't hate him for kicking our ass all these years, like I kind of like the guy. Oh, I, I still I, hate him for kicking. Our I ass know. All those years. And then you end up hating yourself for yeah. admitting that you actually like the guy. Yeah. You know, I, I believe me, I've, I've been there a million yeah. times, especially in the last year since he's been with Tampa Bay. I, I, yeah. I do. I find myself going, that was kind of funny, you know, I don't yeah. want to admit it, but I will. Right. Um, it's like, <laughs> how is he, how is he the greatest quarterback to ever play the game? And so damn good at Twitter. Like this yeah. shouldn't, he oh, shouldn't I, be this good is. at everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just hate yeah. people like that. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 one other thing too, um, just to kind of close out the the Tomlin talk is, um, you know, just talking about how he's respected and stuff. And he he'd be the first to tell you that he's mismanaged players. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's been some guys over the course of his career that that he tried to teach or tried to to coach and and work with as adults, and they responded immaturely and maybe didn't always work. And, and I think Tomlin would admit that. And I think many coaches would admit that they don't connect with every single player. And, and uh, uh, that's just the hard truth of it to be real honest with him. So, um, Hey, just a reminder that we are uh, brought to you by uh, deck roofing of South Florida deck serves Broward and the Palm beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, industrial, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Not happy times down there in South Florida, man. Those dolphins are one and six and going nowhere, man. I wouldn't. I I didn't think they'd be that bad, but no. And and I mean, what a what a disaster! You know, they were all like tank for tank for Tua, and then they didn't quite tank enough, and then they got Tua anyways. Yeah. Now they're like, let's trade for Deshaun Watson. And it's, it's, that's a mess. It is. It is. And it just, it really does for all the problems that we have. It does make you uh, appreciate what, what we have. Believe me. Um, You know, last we saw this. Actually on on that note, I wanted to say something else too, though. You know, all these other quarterbacks that people out the, 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 geniuses on twitter out there think we should have signed like sam no, darnold God. looks like he sucks which uh you know to a eh, you know I, and yeah. you know there's a, there's a handful of others out there that you know people have been like oh we should have signed that guy we should have signed that guy yeah. and then and you know you look across the league feel feels like any quarterback can look good for a couple quarters right you know, guys yeah. coming in off the bench sometimes can can come in, look mm-hmm. good. Like mm-hmm. Geno Smith, like the game he came in, he looked pretty good. And then against the Steelers, he did not look good at all. And then right. on Thursday night, or not Thursday night, um, Monday night, he Monday. looked terrible against New Orleans. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those things where any quarterback, Landry Jones came in a couple of games and looked good for a couple of quarters. But it's like true. when he had to start, he was terrible. So. Right. You know, any any quarterback can look good for a few quarters, but you know, to have that this sustained success is something else. And you know, I think even with a older, more limited Ben Roethlisberger, I would still take him over Sam Darnold or some of these oh, other quarterbacks that I, I, people on Twitter had claimed they they yeah. wanted us to sign or trade for or whatever it was. Oh, it's it's priceless. I mean, and it's already ramped up for next year. Well, what about Derek Carr? What about Baker Mayfield? I, I, you know what? I haven't. I'm not engaging. I'm just. Hey, not let's going let's there talk yet. about Baker Mayfield actually, because we're going to play him this week. We are going to get to him. I want. I do yeah. want to revisit a little bit about the Seattle game. 
All right. Um, All right. We before we went into the bye week, of course, we we hosted Seattle Sunday night football. Uh, Russell Wilson's out. You mentioned Geno Smith. The Steelers get a 14-0 lead. Um, and then the and second half comes along. Just like uh, the last time we had a 14-0 lead, which was yeah. that game against Washington last year. And incidentally, yeah. Washington got that bonus field goal at the end of the half when the refs screwed up the the clock in that game made it 14 to three and then they came back and wound up well they had a they wound up having a three-point lead and i think we threw we had a tip pass that got intercepted and they kicked another field goal or something and it was like like six but but nevertheless that three points was pretty darn big at the end of the at the end of the game and then this one we had another ref show disaster um but you know i was talking to my dad after the game and he summarized it perfectly. He was like, you know, this was this game was like what the definition of being a Steelers fan was. I was mad at them because they weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Then I was happy because they scored some points and were winning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I was mad at them again because they started giving up points. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what the hell is going to happen? They might win. They might lose. And then I was mad at the refs. And then it went to overtime. They wound up winning. Not every game goes to overtime, but like that's kind of the, the life cycle of a Steelers well, game, right? It's the circle of life. You're mad at them. You're happy with them. You're mad at them. You're mad at the refs. You're happy with the team. You know, it's kind it, of it, it abs- yeah. it's it's a roller coaster of emotion yeah, as it's, usual. It's the quintessential yeah. Steelers fan experience. We don't blow teams out. It's nah. it's all over the place. And, and speaking of roller coasters of emotion, uh, joining us now is Mr. Ben Anderson, uh, who uh, is cracking. Is is that a Pep's blue ribbon peeps holy geez. i'm at mom's house and that's what was in the fridge so yeah <laughs> uh well it we, is we, what it is gentlemen i, I specifically <laughs> held off on what are you drinking tonight because i was curious to see what you'd be drinking um i don't even want to disclose what i'm drinking because you you've got a, a Pep's blue ribbon i i can't beat that nora your uh, family namesake Nora, unbelievable. Uh, I've got my uh, Bell's Beer Two-Hearted Light Ale. And uh, Ian, what you are you? Are uh... fancy. You're fancy and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking margaritas earlier. Can you tell? I can tell, yes. <laughs> Ian, what are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, Duquesne Pilsner, which is a good old Pittsburgh steel Isn't mill worker. Isn't that pronounced beer. Duquesne? No, I believe not. that's the pro- that's the proper pronunciation, Ian. <laughs> it's Duquesne. It's Duquesne. Does, does anyone <laughs> even know how to spell Duquesne there? I, yeah, I Duquesne. Mean, yeah. That's that's Duquesne. the way you spell that's it. Spell it's it. not the way it's pronounced. Right. That's the way you right. spell it. Uh, ben, let me catch up real quick. We talked a little bit about Tomlin and and all that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, we we were just getting into revisiting a little bit about the Seattle game. Um, but I, I know you probably want to hammer home a few points on Tomlin and what went on last week. So go for it. Tomlin didn't appreciate. I'm I'm just going to boil it down to this. Okay. People are making it a whole racial. um, uh, Yeah. Basically they're making a racial issue. I don't think it is. I think Tomlin didn't appreciate the fact that he was being used to prop up the visibility of uh, an open coaching position in the college ranks. And he was like, mm-hmm. this, this is fucking, this is a bullshit. This, why are you guys even asking me about this? Seriously, right. this is laughable. I knew you were going to ask me about it. And so I had a prepared answer, but I'm never answering this question ever again. This is bullshit. Never say never, but never. Um, 
Yeah, I, don't, I just really don't think he really he didn't appreciate the fact that his name was being used to to prop up mm-hmm. the desirability of that open position at USC, and so he just shut it down. He was a little shitty about it, to be honest. But whatever. I mean, I, yeah, if I were him, I, I, I really I really had no problem with the way he handled no. it. No, I, I didn't either. That, that's me. And no. people who did, well, okay, if that's the way you feel about it, cool, fine. Um, but. I really had no issue with it at all. And he it, he went so far as to say, I'm going to address this once and never, ever again, ever, about any job. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, I'm not going to add any more to it. Ian and I have shared our thoughts on it, and uh, we don't want to drive our audience away, but we definitely wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's moot point. What I did want to talk about as far as Seattle, because I think it's very, very important going into this game in Cleveland is what happened in the second half of that game with Seattle where Alex Collins just literally ran it down our throats. They ran straight at uh, the right side, excuse me, the left side, their right side, but the left side side. of our defensive line. And, uh, yeah, Chris Wormley had a really bad second half. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And and Wormley, he, I, I, I mean, he, he's been better. Mm-hmm. He's been better than that, mm-hmm. but he just got abused. Yeah. And the Steelers didn't do enough, in my opinion. They didn't do enough to counter that schematically mm-hmm. to to cover him. As soon as they found out that was working, they just kept coming back to it and kept coming back yeah. to it. And kept, I mean, and that's the way the NFL is. They find your weakness. They're just going to keep hammering away. Definitely. They're like, yeah, here we go. This will work. Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, Ian, does does do those inside backers do they have any culpability in in a little bit of that? Obviously, it starts. I I agree with Wormley up front, but what about what about Bush, Schobert, Spillane? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, when the guys up front aren't doing their job, and the the inside linemen, the guards, and the centers are getting free releases to the second level, um, you know, the the guys up front have to slow those guys down a little bit and at mm-hmm. least give the inside backers a chance to get to the hole to make a play. Now, that being said, Bush overran some plays. Schobert missed a couple tackles. So the, the tackling was poor all around. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, was, you know, it was poor. I, it was, I agree. The tackling was bad. So all around, you know, and not just the inside backers. I mean, Joe Hayden missed some tackles. Um, you know, there was the one play down on the goal line where Terrell Edmonds kind of just like olayed the guy and was just like, oh, I'm not going to try and push him to the ground. We'll just let him score a touchdown, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was it was bad all around, the tackling. Um, and then, you know, TJ Watt earned his money. And, and yeah. you know, not only not only on the final yeah. play of the game, but even in the run game, really. I mean, mm-hmm. he stepped up that, huge in the run game. That pretty much encapsulates it right there. TJ yeah. Watt earned his money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why you yeah. pay him. Yeah, the end. exactly. And and it's I mean, he's an elite pass rusher, obviously. But I mean, the run defense, the batted yeah. balls, he, you know, he, people he's been very good against both all season yeah. long. It's, yeah. He's been really good this year. I mean, he could have he could have almost had two interceptions. He had passes hit him in the hands, which mm-hmm. I know you're a, a lineman just jumping up trying to knock the ball down, but still, like you know, he he knocked what two passes down, had couple, multiple sacks, the, the forced fumble, mm-hmm. um, and then 
just all the plays either setting the edge in the run game or closing off the backside in the run game. And actually, that was where Seattle had more success was when they didn't go to the outside because not only Watt, but Highsmith did a pretty good job setting the edge too against the run. It was yeah. going more up the middle that they were right. having success. Yeah. We were we were having issues in the B gap yeah. on the right side. Yeah. It so not, it was ugly. And yeah, Cam Hayward and, and played it, a heck of a game too, and they were like, "We're we're just not going to go anywhere close to Cam Hayward." Well, and, you know, and it looked like no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It looked like they were they were kind of doubling on on Cam, um, even though they were running away from him because he pursues down the line so well, and right. and they were yeah. going a lot of times single on on Wormley, and they were able to handle him that way, which yeah. was worth. They they were cutting off Cam, yeah. and they were not worrying at all about our nose tackle. Whoever hap no. that happened to be, right. they were just like, eh, whatever. That's a guy. One on one, it's fine. No doubt. So Wormley, though, just ugh, that was. <sighs> well, eh. now you go into Cleveland, and Cleveland is going to run the ball. You would think better and, and than Cleveland, Seattle. Cleveland has a better offensive yep. line than just about Everybody. the entire NFL. Honestly. Yeah. It's they have a good. great offensive line. They they have a very good offensive line, even though, you know, Baker Mayfield sucks ass. But their run game and mm -hmm. their offensive line are very good. I mean, look at that. What's that third team guy? What the hell is his name? He had 122 yards Dearness last week. Yeah. Johnson or pulled him off was, a yeah. fishing boat for crying out loud. I mean, you know? that's like that would be like like Duck Hodges coming in and having a big game and having an, an over 100 passer rating. Yeah, no, I agree with it. it, it it's does it also speak to the fact that, in, in, unless it's a very specific situation, you just don't have to take a running back that high anymore. I mean, we've talked about that before. Uh, yeah, I you know, if you want a premier talent, you've got to take them where you got to take them. Yeah. You know, and and I think the Steelers. Yep. I I, no I, just, I disagree with the pick. You know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think they felt like. Like Najee was the best value at that spot this year. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I would have traded up and, and taken an offensive tackle. I mean, they traded up for an inside linebacker. We're not traded up for an offensive tackle. Make that guy, make that guy the centerpiece of the offensive line for the next mm -hmm. decade. What's wrong with that? I think it's, you know, but they didn't do that. Uh, but yeah, if you put. Uh, if you put an average back behind a great offensive line and you get him to the second level every time, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do some damage. I um, I did not see the injury report today. Um, pretty much the entire roster of Cleveland was on it yesterday, um, yeah. and and so I don't know. I I know Mayfield was limited yesterday. Was was he a full go today? Um, I'm not 100 positive, but you know limited he he's obviously very good when it comes to play action. That's yes. that's where his skills thrive. Well, uh, schematically, know. they are very good when it comes to play action because right. everyone is so afraid of getting gashed by the run mm -hmm. because they're so good at it. But let's mm -hmm. let's be frank; they're very good at the run. So, yeah. if you're a defense, you have to respect it. And teams overreact it; they overplay it, which gives Baker an advantage, mm -hmm. and he takes advantage of it. I. I, I'm not going to say that Baker is very good at anything, honestly. And I, I, you know, he's an NFL quarterback, and and he's he's a starter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And by virtue of that, 
one of those 32 guys, he's a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are rare human yeah. beings. You know, they are. He's 300 times the athlete that I am. Mm-hmm. That said, he's not a good NFL starter. He's the beneficiary of a very good run game. Very good run game. Outstanding run game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and so when the play action is able to go off the real good running game, Ian, is it is he successful because guys are that much more open? They they are that much more open. Um, and I mean Baker also is a bit of a gunslinger. He's willing to throw the ball yep. into you know tight windows and try and make things happen. And he's got damn good receivers. I mean, Odell Beckham's taking a step back, but he's a really good receiver. Jarvis Landry's a hell of a receiver. Um yeah. and even he's- Donovan Underrated. Jones is, you know, a, a pretty good deep he threat. That has the size. Big yeah. I mean, he, his big thing is he's got the size to just out jump defensive backs down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a good set of receivers. They they've as much as I hate to admit Cleveland did anything right. They surrounded a mediocre quarterback with good skill position players and a really good offensive line and put that him in line. a si- situation to be successful. That um, line, you know, looking back to last year, Baker was 15th in the league in passer rating at 95.9. Um, and this year, he's right around the same spot at 16th at 97.8. So right dead smack in the middle of the league mm-hmm. in passer rating. But last year, his play-action passer rating was 124, which was higher than Aaron Rodgers. And his non-play-action passer rating, once again last year, mm-hmm. was 86.6, which would have put him in between, like, Nick Mullins and Andy Dalton. So Cordoza <laughs> line. Cordoza. Yeah. yeah. So so putting it this way, you know, Baker on play action is Aaron Rodgers good. Baker normal drop back is like, you know, Andy Dalton bad. So, so, so yeah. again, but perspective, it's about the offense. It's not about Baker. Right. It's about it's about the situation he's been dropped in. Yeah, but if he yeah. but if he but was well, just the a straight point, though is that if you and it's not easy to do because of how Cleveland runs their offense, but yeah. if you if you get up on them and take their running game out of it, if you stop the run and make Baker beat you, he's not good enough to beat you on his own. You but you, it's a team that runs the ball that well with pretty that line, tough to stop the run with that line and it's, those it's, and those running backs on top yeah. of that. It's it's tough to stop. Yes. Imagine um, Najee Harris with that line. Yes. Yeah. Well, sick. Or, yeah, or imagine sick. if we had drafted Nick Chubb instead of Terrell Edmonds. Is well, the yeah. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, but, but we would have hated the to... pick because it was running back in the first round, and right. Tom, yeah. Tomlin runs the wheels off running backs in five yeah. years, and we'd have been yeah. like, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah. But but back to back to Mark's other question too about like, does having Dearness Johnson run for a bunch of yards devalue running backs? I think it's more that if you have a certain style of offense you want to run and know what kind of running back fits that scheme, you can find guys anywhere that fit that scheme right san francisco has done it for years they have a mold of running back Mm -hmm. and whether it's raheem mozart or jamichael hasty or you know whatever next guy trey sermon next guy up they plug and play trey sermon's a a pretty good talent especially i mean behind that line yeah they have they have the line in front of it and they have guys that can run a certain type of offensive skill set and it pays off for them same with cleveland right they're out there running the same plays they just know this is the type of athlete we need to run our offense and you, whether you find them on a boat or you find them in 
the you know what first pick of the second round they took nick chubb second you know so second second, top of the second yeah right exactly so um yeah you know or or whether it's you know kareem hunt that you pick up off of waivers because uh he got run out of kansas city because of stupidity assaulting people um but nevertheless it is what it is. You know, you can you can find guys anywhere once you know what kind of system you want to run. The problem the Steelers have gotten themselves into is they're like, we're going to have a lead back who can do everything. And then we're going to have a short yardage back who can only do one thing. And then we're going to have this scat back who can only do one, who can't block and can just catch passes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when one guy gets hurt because running backs aren't that durable in this league, they don't have someone they can plug in to do everything. And that, that's what happened the last few years with James Conner. When James Conner got hurt, Benny Snell couldn't do everything. No. Uh, you know, Anthony McFarlane couldn't do everything. Recently departed Jalen Samuels couldn't do everything. But they still <laughs> were trying to plug those guys in every play. Um, I mean, it just didn't work. Do you remember that game versus the Patriots that Jalen Samuels played? So oh, yeah. Good? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, I will always have an – an appreciation for him. He'll always have a place in my heart because of that one game. Yeah, one game. Yes. Yeah. But yes. since then, he has been shit. No, yes. I, well, I, I think that knee injury, I don't think knee, he's ever I think it was the knee injury, and I think that New England was playing two deep safeties on us they and basically said, we'll let you run the ball, but we're not going to let you beat us with the pass. And he, yeah. he was super effective. He I mean, super yeah. effective. That, when, that when, we needed, when we needed a third yes. down, he got it. When we needed yeah. a block, he got it. Yep. He he had a hell of a game that day. Yeah, he, he yes. did. And you know, just going back to the the whole thing with Benny Snell, you know, uh, and, and McFarland not being behind. You know, a lot of people are talking a lot about Connor. Connor's having a real nice season in Arizona and and you know, oh, I wish we wouldn't have got rid of James Connor. Connor's not he doesn't have a great average per carry. What he's no. got is a bunch of touchdowns. Bunch of touchdowns. But he's also got a good offensive line. Yep. And, and 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 receivers that are a threat on every down. And he's healthy. Yeah. He's also healthy right now. That's yeah. well, that was, and that was always a knock on Connor was his but, health. It wasn't yeah. an ability. Mark, he's healthy because he's a backup. Right. He's, he's not a role expected player. To, right. Right. He's not an every down guy right now like he was in Pittsburgh. No. No, and but, but what I'm saying is is that I think a lot of fans don't understand the point you just made. They just see, oh, James Conner's got a bunch of touchdowns, so they think he's probably the the workhorse and and he's doing great. Why didn't we keep him? Well, again, he's not I getting saw, nearly, he's not I getting nearly the wear today. and tear. Let's trade no? Melvin Ingram for James Conner. I'm like, are you fucking high? Can Conner <laughs> can Conner play offensive line? <laughs> then why? <laughs> Why would well, you? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Let's drop him right back in the same situation he was in last year and see if he's more effective. Yeah, that's a great idea. What the fuck? Uh, actually, I love your worst, facial expressions situation. as I say these things. This is the best part about this. <laughs> the, the whole video thing. This is the best part about right. being able to see your faces when I say this shit. Now it's so much better. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. That, That's I, all right. Well, we 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 have faces for radio, um, but it's it's it really enhances the experience for me personally. Oh no, and I agree. It's all about me right. well, and a beer. We're we're good with that. Hey, real quick, let me uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network, which has uh, probably hosted us now for several months, and uh, our corporate sponsor being DraftKings. 
Uh, I'm going to turn that music down. But uh, again, TPPN is the code when you go over there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And hey, you must be, let's see here, 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. New customers so, only, huh? N- new customers only. Yeah, yeah that's that is. I, I know some degenerates. Yep. So I was going to give the code to. Well, but... we, we all know plenty of degenerates. That's for sure. Well, hey, um, they're degenerate gamblers. So they yeah, probably I, already I mean, been there. I, the, the you mentioned the Ingram thing. Um, I I mean, here's the thing. To in my opinion, our depth there is zero. It's nothing. And but yet you've got a guy that clearly isn't invested in being in Pittsburgh. Okay, um, let's let's talk about that whole dynamic for a second. Yeah, so th- that's what he's let's do that. he's seen his his snap count drop in the last two weeks, and so mm-hmm. he has decided that he wants to maximize his ability going into free agency next year. Sure, and try to to latch on someplace else where he can play more. I don't blame him for that. Nope. Conversely, if you're the Steelers. You got a guy on a one-year contract. How much value does that present as, as a trade? You've also got, as you just pointed out, very little depth mm-hmm. at the position that he plays. That really doesn't benefit you to trade this guy away. So what's the upside? Somebody's got to come in and really give you, I mean, what do you think the Chiefs offered? A six? I'm guessing. You know, at, at maybe a five? Yeah. I'll tell you what, we'll give you a conditional five. If you know, if he plays enough snaps, we'll give you fifth. Fuck you. Are you serious? Look at and our I, situation. Yeah. No, and I understand the guy is going to be a free agent in March. And right. if you're the Chiefs, you don't want to give up a lot for a guy who's going to give you half a season, a rent a mm-hmm. player. But if you're the Steelers, you're like, yeah, but mm, this doesn't really work out. This doesn't work for us. So, yeah. no. Yeah. Ian, is there any way that, that they can increase his snaps without decreasing those of, of Watt and Highsmith? Yeah, use all three on the field at the same time. Which they've done. Right. Um hey. how do you how do you do that? Hi Maggie. You know, yes. oh, Maggie's with oh, she's awake now. Yeah. Yay. See what she see, see what she thinks about Melvin. Why did you have trade. to go and wake Maggie up? That is not okay, man. That's not, I know. Um yeah, no, I mean it's I you could you could rotate them a little bit more. The thing mm-hmm. is, like the Ingram had his shot when Watt and Highsmith were injured and didn't do a whole hell of right. a lot. Like, you know, if if you want to be a guy, the guy, the guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh maybe like go out there and make some plays that he hasn't really done since week one. He's he's done well in situational football you know what i mean yes he hasn't been the guy like as you just pointed out when he was the starter he didn't really wow anybody yeah the stats are the same by the same token if you're the starter and the guy on the other side is Derek tuska um (laughs) 
you know, who are they going to devote their attention to? Yeah, Derek and, and Fisco, obviously. Yeah. Right. You, no. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> they went. Let me see. Uh yeah. Derek Tiska is over who's, here with the left Derek? tackle. That's going to be a one-on-one deal. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to block that guy over there, who still apparently has a lot of left in the tank. And yeah, but so I, like I said, I understand Ingram's desire to be traded yes, and or do just, I. just yep. play more. I get it. But I also understand that the Steelers' point of view, where they're saying, hey, you know what? This doesn't really work for us. No. <laughs> so no. unless we can find a situation that works for us, we're not trading you. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't anticipate a trade here. I, I don't see it happening. It, it would have to be something that is it would, so it would outrageous. Be, it would have to be either a player yeah. that they needed yep. at a position they needed yep. or – a pick in the fourth round? I, I would say fourth minimum. It would have yeah. to be fourth to even get them to consider it, considering yeah. the lack of depth. Because yeah. I mean they don't they don't have a whole lot of, of draft capital no. moving forward because no. they burned a lot of it. But yeah, yeah if, if they came in and said we'll give you a four, mm-hmm. you gotta think about that. You would. You now would have squ- to think about it. Maggie Squirman. She is. She's about ready to pull Ian Pitt's head off. She is. I know. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Steelers' offense. Um, we've seen glimmers against both uh, Denver and Seattle that the offense was was you know progressing. Um, they're going up against a, a pretty decent Cleveland defense here. Um, you know now now def- defensively, Cleveland has kind of been gashed by teams like the Chargers, uh, the Chiefs. Um, and the Cardinals, all pretty good offenses. And, um, you know, they've done well against teams like Minnesota and uh, Chicago, not exactly juggernauts, if you will. So what do we expect the Steelers to do coming off the bye, Ian? Well, the the biggest injury news actually might be that Denzel Ward's going to be out. Um, and yeah. also Greg Newsom, their first-round pick, uh, out of Northwestern, I believe, may also miss this game. So Cleveland might be down two cornerbacks in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, and and Cleveland's given up a lot of passing touchdowns this year. So there's there's going to be room to exploit them uh, through the air. The question more so exploitation is can really yeah can <laughs> can our quarterback take advantage of that and right. actually push the ball down the field. Um, and, what are you and saying? Go Ian? after them. What are you? What are you uh, saying? I'm I'm saying that Ben at times this year has been either reluctant or not had the time because the offensive line blows to throw the ball deep down the field and actually challenge defenses. So defense. Okay, that's just... that's fair. Except you left out about the part about he's not been real accurate in long passes this year. No, he's not. You're right. Um, and, and also so that the receivers haven't been, and, you know. And don't get me wrong. Him. He's also thrown some dimes on long yeah. passes this year. Yeah. He's thrown some I mean, absolute, absolute dimes. Yeah. You're like, that's the guy? Here it is. He's back. Yeah. And then he throws a couple more, and you're like, oh, yeah. well, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like I feel like Ben and Deontay Johnson have a really good thing on that go route down the sideline. But 
for some reason, Ben and Chase Claypool just like aren't hooking up. Um, and some of it's Chase yeah. not making plays on the ball. Some of yeah. it's, uh, and you some know, of it's Ben like, making it, it bad just, throws. And... It seems <laughs> like Chase and Ben aren't on the same page Yeah, about where Chase is supposed to be. Yes. Like Chase sees one yeah. thing and Ben sees something else. Mm-hmm. And Ben puts the ball because I mean, Chase needs to see the, what Ben sees right. at, the, at the end of the day because Ben is the guy who's delivering the ball. And he's not seeing that through Ben's eyes. He's seeing this thing. He he's trying to pull an A B. And A B used to ad lib all the time. And Ben was just like, God damn, he's so fucking good. I'm just, oh, he went that way? Fine. Right. Fine. I'll throw it that <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Chase is not there yet. He can't just ad lib and and freelance situations. He's not that guy yet. He doesn't um, seem if to he's be supposed to run a dig route, he should run a dig route. Right. No, I agree with you. I, I don't, and even Johnson too. We know Johnson has issues reading the same thing that Ben reads as well. Um, they've had their misconnections at times. It it's, strikes me a little odd with Claypool. You know, when he came out of Notre Dame, he was really, really good at high pointing the ball, as athletic as he was, tall as he is, and and he, and really good at like bodying people out. Yes, yeah. and it now seems, he's kind of. It's like he's it's like he's that. falling backwards rather than going up. You know what I mean? That that's kind of what great I mean. analogy. I'm, yes. Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I've seen in recent weeks, and I I don't know why. I, Ian, you got a theory on it? I I don't. It seems like he's no. just not going and high pointing the ball right now. No, and and the the only theory I could come up with is that you know maybe he's trying to do more to catch it in stride rather than because when you go up to high point the ball, you know you're not coming down in stride; you're coming down. F- flat and then having right. to start again that if he's trying to catch it in stride then you know he's going to continue running and that do that be. thing where you kind of shrink down and lean your shoulders back into the ball and let it come over your shoulder um but yeah Which i, I invite those shorter dbs in to make right. plays exactly yeah. It, it yeah that he has the size that those shorter defensive backs shouldn't even be an issue for him and no. they are um and yeah, I, so yeah, I think you know when you when you go up and high point the ball, which is why, like I said earlier this year, that Chase Claypool would be a great receiver with Mason Rudolph at quarterback because Mason throws these th- throws these moon. Listen to me, hear me out. Mason throws these moon <laughs> balls, right? That that Chase he's not going to catch him in stride, but he can just go out and basically stand there and out jump a defensive back for it. That you know. Okay. Go back and go back and look at that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word great. Okay. I, okay. If good. if Mason has the balls to throw the ball where Chase is, yeah. There's there's a high likelihood that Chase will come down with the ball. However, Mason does not, in my opinion, have enough faith in his own ability to read defenses or put the ball in tight spaces to throw that ball. He will check it down mm-hmm. to Najee instead. Because that's who Mason is. It's the safe thing. It's the safe. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put it over there because it's safe, and you know it's less. Fuck that. Um, Well, and that's why we hate him. Browns game last year is that you know that's that's what Mason did in the second half. They let the Browns build up that big lead in the first half, and then Mm -hmm. Mason in the second half when they were trying to come back was just throwing these moon balls up to Claypool and letting them jump for it. And so, 
you know, and, and even the one touchdown they had, I think it was, was it James Washington who got pass interfered with and like dragged to the ground and then still yeah. caught the ball? Yes. Um, yeah. It was the same thing. It was, it was a total moon ball from, um, from Rudolph that he was just tossing it up and hoping his guys can make a play. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's all Rudolph can do on the deep balls is just throw it up there and hope Smack his guys him, make Maggie. a play. Smack him. <laughs> um, hey, you know, I Ian and I talked a little bit about this. I've seen people calling this a must-win game this week, and I, I don't believe it is. Well, you know, because well, it'd be three and four. I, I don't I, see it that okay. way. Because you got are... Detroit and Chicago coming, and and you could easily be five and four after three weeks. So I I don't see this as must-win. Uh, um, not yet, anyway. I uh, okay. Just putting this out there. One, people are talking playoffs, and the season's not half over. No. We played six games. There are 17. It's like we're one-third into the season. People Mm -hmm. are going, the Steelers control their own playoff destiny. You know what? They did that when they were 0-0, and too. Right. They controlled their own destiny. And playoffs were a real possibility. And when they were 1-3. and Shut the fuck up. Um, So, yeah, knock it off. And... You know, as far as must-win games go, it, I'm going to be honest. The Steelers are not a contender this year. They're, no, they're just they're not. not. Um, I What I want to see is continued incremental improvement from the bad units, like the offensive line, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the safeties. Even though Mika's there, hasn't been he's, as good this year. He's struggled and, this year. And... Edmonds is – he's all over the place. Like one play, he's good, and, and the next, he's terrible. I – you know, and Trey Norwood yeah. has been a surprisingly good addition. Like that guy. Don't think he's very physical, but the role he's been given, he's he's doing very well, and he's excelling. Um, but what you want to see is continued incremental improvement from those units. Absolutely. So next year, when they come in, they're better. Yeah. And I, it sucks because this is Ben's last season. And you want to send him out on a high note, but they didn't really draft that way. No. They certainly it's, didn't it's... didn't approach free agency from the standpoint that we're going to make this team better to make Ben's last year an opportunity to win in the Super Bowl. We didn't have a shot at winning a Super Bowl this year. No. It, it, so many things can you, would have can to Can you go... see us playing Tennessee no. or Buffalo again? Not right now. No, I, I, that, that, that's what I mean. We we would have to have so many things go our way, and I mean, have to basically, what so we quickly. need is what we had week one, which is we had we had a great play, great play, actually yeah. all day from our special teams unit, right? And our defense was outstanding. They played yeah. lights out for sixty minutes. They played lights out, and the offense was just there. They did mm-hmm. enough, enough ish, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, on that uh, note, yeah. you know who this you know who this is a must win game for is Steelers Twitter, who all lost their friggin' minds after the playoff game last year. That's who it's a must win. <laughs> well, is the people on Twitter. So it's, it's true. Basically, what stand. what Ian is saying, it's true. Is, and I'm just gonna go ahead and translate this for you: is you guys are all being a bunch of little bitches, and you <laughs> are calling this a must win game because you want to talk shit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you know. If we win this game over a backup quarterback and then we thump our chest, fuck you, you suck, we told you, 
we are just as bad as Browns fans. Well, and, and that's part just, of it. Just like yeah. the Browns fans that celebrated beating Mason Rudolph, literally him being right. assaulted on the field and beating a backup quarterback. As pathetic as that was, if we celebrate this that way, yeah, just as bad. Yeah, there's no celebrating. Sorry, here. I'm going to yeah, call yeah. it the way it is. No, well, I'm with you. I mean, I don't I'm get me wrong. You. I will celebrate a win. A win's a win. I love a win. Of course, of course, a win's fantastic. But talking shit afterward when they're not at full strength, nah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I honestly, I hope Baker plays because I do too. Week five last year when he had injured ribs and came out and played, and Cam hit him in the ribs, that was really satisfying. I mean, I don't know about you two, <laughs> but that was, for me, oh, that man. was a really satisfying moment. My yeah. buddy's like, he's sitting there going, oh, God, that was Cam. Oh, oh my God, I cannot believe that just happened. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> I'm right with that. That's, there's definitely a part of me that wants to see a replay of that. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's hit him in the shoulder. Fuck yeah. it. You Really? You want to come out and play? Fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Teams know it. He's hurt. Grab him, spike him by the sh- into the shoulder. Yep. I, I, why not? In the old Turkey Jones head yeah. spike instead of his head. Put it on his shoulder. Uh, all right, Ian. Prediction time. What do you got for uh, Sunday at one p.m. from the shore of Lake Erie? As the Steelers will ride the bus up there to Cleveland. What do you see happening this weekend? Uh. I really want us to win this damn game. Um, I'll say he wants to talk shit. He wants to talk shit <laughs> yeah. on Twitter specifically. Yeah. On As Twitter. does Maggie. Yes, yeah. yeah, she does. I'll well, say you know, Maggie's got. We should, we actually should start a Maggie Twitter account. We should. <laughs> we definitely should. There she is. Hello. There she is, <laughs> sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna say Steelers twenty to seventeen. Got it, Ben. What do you got? I got uh, Steelers. 21 Browns 20. Holy crap. I you know, everything in me says the Browns will run the ball. We will struggle to stop it. They'll hit a couple of big plays and play action. Uh and and we'll we'll, we'll just come up short. But I got this weird feeling we're gonna win this game Sunday. I don't know why. Boz has been kicking the ball well. Right. Um, I, I I think I think we're gonna, you know, get a couple of big plays and and I, I'm with you guys being close. I think it's going to be somewhere like 23, 20. Um, we're, we're just going to find a way. And, and uh, again, e- either outcome would not surprise me, but I, I just, that's just kind of the feeling I got. So um, anyway, that'll do it for us on this episode of the SCB Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of South Florida. And for these two gentlemen and little gentlemen. Miss Maggie, this is the word steel very dead. loosely, uh, very, very, very loosely. Very. Uh, and hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>